Okay, we got to ask it. Was Penn State football season in 2022 even really a success? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Zach Seiko, and thank you so much for tuning in for this podcast if you are listening. But thank you for everyone that has watched the show. We are now on YouTube, Locked on Nittany Lines. If you haven't already, please subscribe and help us get to 300 subscribers before football season ends. Comment any questions that you want answered in upcoming episodes. And as always, please do leave a like. I really do appreciate this, uh, the support on both wherever you listen and now watching on YouTube. And on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions, let's welcome in a very special guest. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Locked on Nittany Lions. As always, I am your host, Zach Seiko. Today, it is a privilege to be joined by a colleague of mine, a good friend. That is Adam Sheets. He is the Penn State men's basketball insider for Com Radio. That is a broadcast. That's a student-run broadcasting club at Penn State University. Adam, you are currently a junior, but you follow all things Penn State sports since you are very active in the broadcasting club with your eyes set on a career with broadcasting after after you graduate. But Adam, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Oh, happy Thanksgiving, Zach, to you and your family as well. Always nice. You know, we've worked together for a long time now, so it's been it's always great to come on with you and talk Penn State sports. I grew up here. I'm a local guy. I go to Penn State now, so I know a lot, and, you know, it's going to really help, you know, talking about them. Never turn down the opportunity to talk Penn State. Yeah, I knew, I knew that would be the case. I was like, how could he say uh, no to an opportunity here to talk about the Penn State Nittany Lions in all, in all facets? Now, Adam, we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to answer some tough questions to open up this episode, uh, and that is, was Penn State's season for football in 2022 actually a success? And we're going to look at both sides of this because there are some people and a good amount of fans that believe that, no, this was not a success because you didn't beat Ohio State. You didn't beat Michigan. You are still that little brother team. But let's we'll talk about that there. Uh, plus, we will preview Michigan State, get a little bit of uh, more perspective on what the Spartans will do on Saturday and, and wrap up the show, because as I mentioned, uh, you are the insider for Com Radio when it comes to Penn State men's basketball. So we're going to get some inside information on you. Uh, rather, I, I'm all the way up in the bleachers, you know, as, as much as I'm following them. You you are right down there. Uh, on the court level, uh, talking, you know, talking with Micah Shrewsbury, uh, getting the inside scoop from the players. So I'm very eager to get that perspective from you. Um, but I think what what everyone wants to really know is how good is this Penn State football team in 2022, and was this season even really a success? Uh, let me open up the floor to you here. Was it definitively was 2022 a successful season for Penn State football, despite not beating Ohio State and Michigan and missing out on the college football playoff once again and the Big Ten title? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the goal is always, you know, to beat Penn State, Michigan, win that Big Ten, and eventually get to that college football playoff. But for me, this season was a huge success for Penn State. I mean, this was a team that was 11-11 and 11 over the last two years. Now, I believe that you know, was a fluke. I think COVID, some injuries, some opt-outs due to some situations kind of hurt that. But they have a good opportunity. They can beat Michigan State to go 10-2. and two. Your only two losses are to two of the top three teams in college football in Michigan and Ohio State, who are very good this year. I think Penn State fans, you know, they kind of look at like we should be able to compete with them. Michigan, Ohio State had a two very good teams this season. They had an opportunity against Ohio State until the fourth quarter blitzed by the Buckeyes to be able to find a way to get the job done there for Ohio State when they were in Beaver Stadium. And Michigan just outbeat them, outmuscled them at the line of scrimmage to find ways. So I think there's always that stigma when you know you lose to Ohio State, you lose to Michigan. The Michigan game wasn't really competitive. I mean, it was a close game, but you're like Penn State was lucky to be in that situation. Michigan really handled the game for the entirety and the Kind of flip against Ohio State. Penn State handled it for the most part, and Ohio State found a way to win in the end. But with the ability, you know, just to win those 10 games and having the impact we've seen from the young players, I think Abdul Carter's had a tremendous year. The two freshman running backs, Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen, were really special for this team. And the ability, you know, to have those veterans bring it over. Sean Clifford able to keep the job all season, allow Drew Aller to learn behind him in that backup role, getting valuable snaps played in nine games this season. So he's played a lot of football in-game situation. I think it was a huge success, maybe a chance to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game or the Citrus Bowl and to win that bowl game, maybe get to 11-2. and two. I think there's a lot of bright spots to look at when you look at this Penn State team heading into 2023, and I think 2022 was a great building year towards that. I completely agree, and but it, it's ultimately getting that uh, that ultimate perspective because, like I said, there are people that don't believe that. Well, it, and it's funny because this was the crowd that said, "Hey, Penn State's going to finish seven and five, maybe eight and four at best." Uh, but some people had them closer to six and six as opposed to eight and four. They were truly missing the running game component because. I've argued that Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen, those two individuals by themselves have not only made the, like they've made the team better. They've made Sean Clifford better. They've made the offensive line better. They've made the defense better. Now, how is that the case? Because they're two running backs. How can they do that? Well, when you're able to sustain drives, you're keeping the defense off the field. You're keeping them rested. Uh, When you're able to run the balls effectively with both of them, Sean Clifford can now operate and play action. Guys can't just game plan. Defenses can't just game plan for the pass. Uh, the offensive line, uh, when they aren't perfect on every single play, Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton are allowed to are able to extend plays on their own because they have that capability. Whereas if the offensive line wasn't opening up this gaping hole in the zone blocking run scheme, then guys were not able to necessarily find that spot. They were missing it because of poor vision, uh, or they just weren't athletic enough to to get that cut lane, whereas Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton are. Uh, and I think that, and you brought up guys like Abdul Carter, who have just made uh, such a, you know, an instant impact. These aren't guys that are redshirt sophomores, have been in the program for three years. These were early enrollee freshmen. And now they're they're already like they're handling so much responsibility that I never would have imagined for guys like Abdul Carter. Uh, you see Zane Durant, uh, the way that he's played down the stretch. Deny Dennis Sutton. Um, he's still uh, he's I think he's a little little behind compared to those guys, but still on the right track. Uh, and then Drew Aller getting in the games, you know, that he has had. Has Penn State closed the gap on Michigan and Ohio State? Where where do they stand? 
Uh, is this going to be the same case next year where it's Ohio State and Michigan in tier one and then Penn State's all alone in tier two? Or can they jump up into that conversation and maybe either split those two or even win uh, win both? I think they're getting close. I think they've made the right steps. Now they're closing the gap. I don't know if they've closed the gap completely. That's, you know, to be determined when we see the team next season. I think Michigan's done a great job. I think they're probably have the most identif- best identity in the Big Ten. When you look at it, they're going to pound you down the middle. They're going to have great offensive line play. And that's kind of, you know, hurt the stunning of the growth of J.J. McCarthy. We haven't seen a lot what he can do in that quarterback position. I think they're getting close there. They want to get bigger physical. Coach Franklin mentioned that right after the Michigan game, what they want to be able to do, get bigger guys in the middle. They're a little undersized at the defensive tackle position once you get outside of P.J. Mustafer, but maybe getting, you know, bigger guys, bigger guys in that middle to try to clog up those running lanes and be physical in the middle of the field defensively. And for Ohio State, I think, you know, they're built to play with Ohio State. They have great perimeter players, a lot of athletes. That's what they have built to compete with Ohio State. They've had to kind of readjust now to try to get bigger guys to play against Michigan, but I think they're close with Ohio State. The difference has been the quarterback play. Ohio State's had elite quarterback play now for the last couple of years with Justin Fields, now C.J. Stroud, and even throw Dwayne Haskins in there as well as guys who were able to go to the NFL. Um, so you look at that, they've had those, and they've had great wide receivers. They'll have a lot of those guys coming back, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be back for them next season. So they're going to be very talented in Penn State. They're making the right strides. And they're moving in the right direction. They have a great secondary to compete with those wide receivers. They're going to have great quarterback play in the future with Drew Aller taking over, learning from Sean Clifford. And with his arm talent, you'd expect him to be able to maybe exceed what most people have seen here at Penn State over the last couple of years. They have two great running backs we mentioned, and their defense is very young and very athletic. So I think they're closing that gap. They're getting there. Now the question is when we get to game day against Ohio State and Michigan, are they going to be able to put it together and find ways to win games? That's the question. I thought they were really close in 2017 and 2018, and of course they, they lost that game to Ohio State by one point. They beat Michigan in 2017, lost in 2018. So they were there. They're trying to get back there, and I think they're moving in the right direction. But like we said, once we get to game day, they got to show it on the field and find ways to win those games. It's funny that you bring that up because I've had conversations, uh, you know, just in, in in private. You know, there's really nothing to hide here when I when I say that. But just with friends, people that support and love Penn State football, and, and I have to say that the 2017 team was probably the closest national title contender that they mm-hmm. had. Uh, that the littered with talent, Saquon Barkley in his third year, uh, Trace McSorley, Mike Kosicki, Deshaun Hamilton. Like that was a really, really good group. And I don't think people understand because they lost to Ohio state. They lost to Michigan state. Uh, and I, I can, for another episode, I might save my rant uh, about that Michigan state game and how they were fed Chick-fil-A at halftime in the three hour delay when they were up <laughs> by two scores. So Michigan State, you, you got that's true home field advantage with what they did to them, trapping them in the locker room and feeding them fast food uh, in that weather delay. Besides the point, not bitter at all. Anyway, Adam Sheets is joining me on this podcast. We were talking about Penn State football and the success of this season. Uh, coming up, we will talk about Michigan State and, and finish the show with Penn State men's basketball since you are Com Radio's Penn State men's basketball insider. Adam, let's look a little bit towards next season because guys are going to be graduating. They're going to be moving on to the NFL. It is senior day for Penn State, so we're going to see say goodbye to guys like P.J. Mustafer, as you mentioned, Sean Clifford, just to name a couple. Mitchell Tinsley can be in there as well as he's out of eligibility. Uh, but Joey Porter Jr., 
We know that he's going to the draft. Uh, Olu Fashionu, I expect him to because he now has a, a solidified first-round grade. With that being said, and we know that Penn State likes to be active in the transfer portal without building an entire roster, the reason I bring this up is because Penn State Twitter, I think, over the past couple of days uh, ha- has kind of it's it's lightened up with the fact of, oh, who are we losing? Who Who's going, you know, put your votes, uh, comment your votes down below uh, as far as which players you think will leave in the transfer portal. And, and the obvious names, Christian Veyer, uh, Kevon Lee, uh, guys that I thought had Gabe Wosu was apparently an option. I thought that was weird. <laughs> Um, and Jaden Dotton. So what do you know that we don't, right? <laughs> if you can predict that a backup wide receiver is just going to jump ship uh, because he didn't get a lot of playing time this year, uh, even though he's still relatively young in the program. I- I'm not going to ask you to predict which Penn State players we could see going to the transfer portal, but where do you think Penn State, what position do you think they're going to target going into the 2023 season? Yeah, I mean, I think the one position they're going to look at, and they looked at it this year when they found Mitchell Tinsley, I think they're going to go to the wide receiver, maybe find a veteran because they have a lot of young guys in that room. And, you know, you obviously you're losing Mitchell Tinsley. You don't know what's going to happen with Parker Washington. He's out for the year this season. He was playing really good football right before he got injured. And, you know, there's obviously the opportunity. He's probably, if he went, would be maybe a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick in the NFL draft. We'll obviously see they're a pass-friendly offense, and they got Drew Aller coming back, so there's obviously that opportunity to really explode and maybe boost your draft stock even more like Jahan Dotson did when he came back for another year at Penn State. So we'll see what Parker does. But to have a veteran in that room, and I think the thing they need, a big body wide receiver. They're really small if you look at the class they have in there right now behind the Mm -hmm. starters. They got a lot of fast guys, a lot of speed, but they don't have that big guy that you can just throw it up to. They've relied on the tight ends, you know, Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren to go up and make those 50-50 ball catches. So maybe you can go get a guy who's like 6'4", 6'5", can go up in the air, make those tough catches. It would really help Drew Aller. I think they're going to go there because you could always have another wide receiver. You know, that never hurts you to have extra players in that room. And I also think they're going to go defensively tackle. I think, you know, Coach Franklin's made it very clear they want to get bigger. We mentioned that when he was talking about the Michigan game and the way they're able to dominate up front. And I think you got to find a guy to replace P.J. Mustafer. I mean, when you lose a guy that big and that impactful in the middle of that defense, you're going to need a run stopper. And there's obviously a lot of guys around the country that are probably going to enter the transfer portal that fits that mold. And I would not be surprised if Coach Franklin and Coach Manny Diaz and this defensive staff go and try to find a guy to clog up that middle and be able to play very physical and allow guys like Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Deny Dennis Sutton, Abdul Carter blitzing out of the linebacker position to come up and be able to rush the quarterback on the outside, trusting that you have that guy in the middle to clog up those run lanes. He's Adam Sheets and I'm Zach Seiko. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. Uh, I'll add this one real quickly. I think they're going to target linebacker because you Mm -hmm. could, unless Curtis Jacobs is coming back, uh, you do technically lose two starters from the beginning of the season. Curtis Jacobs to the draft and Jonathan Sutherland to graduation. Um, So I think that uh, if Tyler Elsden and Abdul Carter and Kobe King, that those three as a base is good, but you might need some guys in the rotation there uh, unless you're comfortable with just those three. Uh, We are going to talk Penn state and Michigan state next, a little bit of a further game preview. The, uh, the suspended players that were investigated for uh, charges, against Michigan in the tunnel. We finally have a verdict here. We're going to discuss that all next here on Locked on Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. 
Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer to esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always, joined by a very special guest, Adam Sheets. He is the Penn State men's basketball insider for Penn State's Com Radio. They are a student-run broadcasting club. Uh, but Adam, you also, of course, cover Penn State football. You've called a couple. Of, how many games have you called for them this season for Penn State football? I called one. It was a good one. It was the whiteout. It was the whiteout. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. But you are covering football for them. Uh, you know, you do you know, talk shows, podcasts and everything else in between. So but uh, we are going to devote our final segment completely to Penn State men's basketball. Uh, but let's get into Penn State and Michigan State it is a 4 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Uh, it is going to be broadcasted on Fox Sports one. The weather's supposed to be pretty decent, 45 and maybe some cloudiness, uh, but nothing. Uh, no torrential downpours that uh, that will prevent Penn State and Michigan State. Uh, from lighting up this game. Uh, Michigan State just got hammered with a couple pieces of bad news. Uh, one, uh, this was something that I don't know if I was surprised about because I don't really know Mel Tucker as a person, but Michigan State actually paid out a $100,000 bonus to Mel Tucker to deviate, to divvy up, and give to his coaches on the coaching staff. Uh, he did not. He he kept that all for himself. Uh, that That's the headline anyway. Uh, and then number two was now that seven out of the eight players have been charged. Uh, six of them were misdemeanors. One was an actual felony for their roles played in the uh, Michigan tunnel post the Wolverine Spartans game uh, where those players uh, assaulted, attacked, uh, gotten some sort of physical altercation uh, with Michigan players. And like I said, one of them is a felony. Uh, the other ones will be misdemeanors. And from what I've heard, they can actually work that they can do things to work that out of their record uh, and have that uh, expunged uh, from existence. So with those uh, aspects coming into the game, how much do you think that will affect Michigan State? Do you think that noise will bother them? Oh, I think it's going to a little bit because it's a lot of noise. And these are two teams that are moving in completely different directions. I mean, you talk about all that stuff. I mean, we just talk about even if none of that stuff happened. Last week, they were up 24-7 on Indiana, and they yeah. weren't able to hold on and lost 39-31 to in double overtime. They missed a couple kicks, had a kick blocked. I mean, it just was a bad day at Michigan State. You look around their fan base, everyone's like, they just don't know what happened. I mean, it was completely unexcusable what happened in that game. And they haven't been moving in the right direction. They're five and six on the year. Yeah, obviously, there's going to be the seniors that are very motivated to play this game because, you know, it's their last shot. You want to get to the bowl game. You want to get another game in the green and white for the Spartans. And, you know, you got to win this game to get there. It's bowl eligible or your season's over for the battle for the land grant trophy and Beaver stadium this weekend. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle the noise. Mel Tucker has deal with a lot of this now, you know, in his first go around there, they had some troubles the COVID year last year, really successful. And this year, 
it's kind of been a dumpster fire there in Michigan State. They had the loss to Washington early in the year, just had a couple bad losses, haven't been able to keep it on track. So I'm interested to see what Michigan State team shows up. I think it's going to be a motivated team. They're really talented. But, you know, with all the noise, you just you can't predict how the team's going to handle all that adversity. Right. Oddly enough, uh, on the heels of that uh... – I don't even know what to call it because it got very serious. It got from Penn state players being accused of throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, if I'm going in the locker room and that's my halftime lunch, I'm throwing those as well. Right. And then you have James Franklin on a cell phone camera, you know, saying who the F is this guy, <laughs> you know, keep talking to what we believe uh, talking to Jim Harbaugh that went from that all the way now into a criminal investigation of, of eight different players that have all been suspended outright immediately. And now we have, of course, the, the seven charges. But what I'm getting at is that didn't really seem to bother Michigan State uh, in the moment because one week later, they go and upset a ranked Illinois team on the road where I didn't think they had any business of being in. So uh, I, I'm glad that you made that point in the fact that we should not expect Michigan State to roll over just kind of because the verdict came out. Uh, what I will say about Michigan State and why I do expect them to roll over is not necessarily because they won't be unmotivated, but from the fact, Adam, that they just really don't have any anybody available uh, at this point. Uh, for anybody that listened to Mel Tucker's press conference, I imagine you didn't <laughs> because uh, uh, for Nittany Lion fans, Unless you really want to go behind enemy lines, totally understand. But that's why you and I do this. Yeah. Uh, Mel Tucker said in his press conference that this will be the fourth consecutive week that they are going to have contactless practices just to save bodies from getting injured or banged up because they need all hands on deck here because they do have bull eligibility on the line. Uh, when you look at this Michigan State roster, I, I think the offense isn't the problem. It, it's the defense um, because they got a lot of guys that they can turn to. Uh, yeah, it's not that Kenneth Walker offense anymore where he was just a dominant running back and everything fell into place. Uh, they picked up Jalen Berger out of the transfer portal from Wisconsin, and he's been the leading rusher by far. Elijah Collins has had some good games. He's actually tied for the team lead in rushing touchdowns. Uh, and then you have Peyton Thorne, who really didn't take that next step uh, as the quarterback for them. Uh, and you have three different guys that they can throw to, right? I know as talented as Penn State's secondary is, and they win this matchup, I think, 99 times out of 100. But you do have to take Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, and Trey Mosley all into serious consideration. Uh, did I name just about everyone on offense that Michigan State has to offer? What, what are you anticipating from them offensively on Saturday? I mean, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot because, I mean, Jalen Berger's done a good job at running back, but this season compared to last season, they have not been able to find that consistent runner like they had with Kenneth Walker last season. Obviously, he was so good, was in the Heisman conversation for a lot of the year, really dominated for the Spartans. They haven't had that this year, and they're going up against Penn State team that, I mean, we've seen them the last three weeks ever since that Ohio State game. They have stopped the run. I mean, outside the Michigan game, they've been great against the run defensively. I mean, they were really good against Ohio State as well. I'd take away the long run by by Travion Henderson, you know, it wasn't a real good day rushing for the Buckeyes. Um, so you just look, they're really good against the run. They're going to be very aggressive. Can't imagine Manny Diaz is going to change much from the way they're playing defensively. It's going to be a lot of blitz. They're going to drop back, probably play a lot of man-to-man -man in coverage. And I'll trust these corners, which are very, very good against these talented wide receivers. Going to give opportunities for Jaden Reed to make plays in one-on-one. -on -one. Trey Mosley as well, who's been really good for them this season. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot to look at. Peyton Thorne's got to make the right reads. 
But I think you kind of hit it. The problems are on the defense on this team. They have one of the worst passing defenses in the country for the second year. By far. (laughs) By far. It's just really bad in the secondary. We thought they were going to make those changes. They have a veteran secondary. You look at it, they go senior, redshirt, senior, senior, redshirt, senior, and then a sophomore on the one end. So they've got some veterans back there. They just have not been able to stop the pass. And then the rush defense has really struggled over the last couple of weeks and really is making Mike Yersick lick his chops saying we can probably do whatever we want in this matchup. We should be able to do whatever we want here. You have two great running backs that are running all over defenses right now. And you have Sean Clifford, who you got to think he's going to be motivated. It's his last game in Beaver Stadium. He's going to want to go out there get a win. Mitchell Tinsley's going to want to play well, and they're going to try to throw the ball around. So I think if the conditions call for it, Penn State's offense is going to have a great day. It should. supposed to be a nice day. And with the way the defense is playing right now, even Michigan State's got some talent. I just don't see this defense letting up and having a drop-off from the way they've played the last three weeks. Adam Sheets, Penn State's Com Radio's men's basketball insider, is joining me here on this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Adam, before I get into a prediction with you about the Michigan State game, I just want to go over a little bit of the defense more uh, because people might think we're blowing smoke here, but uh, we are definitely not. Uh, This team has only forced two interceptions for a secondary that was supposed to be better than anticipated. Now, we know that they've been banged up. We know that the injuries are there, but only two interceptions to this point in the season uh, is pretty low. Uh, in addition to that, a- as a team, they actually only have, I mean, they 26 sacks is respectable, but it's all by one guy with five and a half, and that is Jacoby Winman. I'll take that even a step further. Uh, this guy is a menace on defense because uh, Winman actually has six forced fumbles on the season, uh, and the next closest is one okay uh he the fact that he's able to do what he does uh from a pass rushing standpoint penn state will either have to double him because i expect him to be matched up against drew shelton if olu fashion who can't go uh and then of course uh, at linebacker cal halliday uh has 109 tackles uh he's kind of all over the football field uh in the backfield but i i really think outside of just accounting for those two guys Uh, Penn State shouldn't have any problems, Uh, even with Parker Washington being out for the season. uh, They should be able to air the football out uh, and protect Sean Clifford, especially with the way that they can offset. You know, if they do decide to uh, play some back end defense, leave an extra safety over the top, Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen uh, will have their way. So is it fair to say that Penn State puts up uh, over 50 points in this game? That's that's really how bad Michigan State's defense is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I mean, I think they definitely have the offensive firepower to do it, and I don't think Michigan State has the defensive firepower to stop it. So, I mean, I don't know if I'll predict them to put up 55. I definitely think they're going to get to the 40s. That's where they've been, you know, against Indiana. They were in the 50s against Rutgers. They probably could have been in the 40s against Maryland. They kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half of their up. No issue with that. Um, So, I mean, I think they're definitely going to be around that 40 range, and I think it's going to be up to this Michigan State you got to get to 30 to win this game and really compete in this game. And I just don't know if their offense has the ability to do that against that Penn state defense. So I really like Penn state to win. I think, you know, I think the spreads around 18 and a half. I think they're going to probably cover that. I mean, I don't see Michigan state really hanging in. Cause I think the question would be Penn state. They've got off to some quick starts outside the Rutgers game. They really off to a quick start against Maryland. I mean, Indiana had one drive in that game, but Penn state really handled that the most part. I think the way they're handling, I think they're going to get out to that quick start and I don't see Michigan State come back. So I do like Penn State by a wide margin here in this game. Yeah, the spread is around 18, 18 and a half. Uh, I, I like them here. Uh, 
And, you know, I'll continue to say this. I, I say around 56 to 20, maybe Michigan State gets 24 with some garbage points. I, I really see Penn State getting that many points, given that it is senior day uh, and, and that they won't be stopped offensively. Uh, and, and I think Penn State's defense will create some short fields for them and maybe even have some turnovers to set them up in plus territory. Yeah, I think you said it. I think that's where I'm kind of leaning. I'm thinking we're going to go 49-17, I think, is where I got okay. this game. Um, I just think, you know, Penn State's going to find a way to get up quick. And I know it's senior day, but I'm sure Sean Clifford would have nothing more than for him to be able to sit out most of the second half and allow Drew Aller to go in there and get some more valuable reps for this Penn State team looking towards the future. So I think, you know, they're going to be able to find whatever they want offensively, I think, with the way Michigan State's playing, how banged up they are. I don't want to say they're just a bad team. They are banged up. I mean, they haven't mm -hmm. been good defensively but they do have injuries but I think Penn State's just going to really dominate on both ends I think it's going to be a big win on senior day and the land grant trophies coming back to Beaver Stadium which I'm sure James Franklin's very happy about I know he loves that trophy uh, over 20 minutes into the show and I didn't even mention that piece of hardware that is a beautiful <laughs> spectacle that uncles in the basement would love to put together as James <laughs> Franklin said it it looks like your distant uncle put a, took a bunch of plywood and nailed it all together mm -hmm. it, it is a it is a wonderful object that uh, Penn State will retain he's Adam Sheets uh, Penn State men's basketball insider for Com Radio I am Zach Sago this is Locked on Nittany Lions and we're going into your specialty Adam next we're talking Penn State men's basketball how you think they've done this far and, and what you expect for them in the near future that is all coming up next Our final segment here on this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there, to you, your family, and friends. I hope that everyone has a, a blessed day uh, and eats uh, a, as much food as they can. Uh, Adam, same to you and yours as well. Uh, first, before we move any uh, further, how can people connect with you uh, online, Adam, with everything that you do for coverage around Penn State men's basketball? Um, I think the best way to connect to me at Sheets Adam on Twitter. I'm tweeting a lot, especially about Penn State men's basketball, as I am, as you said, an insider for Com Radio. So tweet, tweeting a lot about that Penn State men's basketball team. We'll give you a little football contact too. So go right to Twitter at Sheets Adam on Twitter, and that's where you can find me for all your Penn State basketball needs. Perfect. And, and what as an insider? Is your goal for Com Radio to to break news? Is it to have the the best information possible? What ultimately is your responsibility as Com Radio's insider at Penn State University? Well, we we kind of follow the team as much as the media does on the beat. You know, we're at every press conference, we're watching every game very closely and intently. We're doing a lot. We're live tweeting games. We're beat writing games. We're there. We're going like we said to every press conference. We're following the team. We're trying to get as much information as Coach Shrewsbury is willing to reveal about the team heading into almost every game. We're following all the game notes, seeing who's going to play, the way they're going to play, how the rotation's going. So I mean, that's kind of what we're doing. We're just really in depth trying to get as close to the team. As you know, Coach Shrewsbury allows the media, which he does a great job. I think Shrews, Coach Shrews does a phenomenal job allowing the media to come and cover his team. He loves the media coverage. And, you know, just being there and being present and trying to get as much information about this team as we can possible. And what have you liked about this team so far to this point? I mean, the, they are 5-1. and one. They just have the one blemish against Virginia Tech, which was a two-point loss. Uh, but most importantly, Big Ten play matters above all else, uh, especially that we could see eight, nine teams possibly get into the big dance uh, out of the Big Ten. So uh, I kind of want to know, is Penn State – 
positioned well this season to make some noise in the Big Ten because uh, preseason polls had them finishing 11th, which obviously wouldn't make the cut. And I think 9th and even 8th is pushing it. That's just what I anticipate. But why? let's not leave it up to chance here. So uh, is Penn State poised to actually do well in Big Ten play, or are they still a pedestrian team with what you've seen so far? To be determined. I think there's a lot okay. to like about this team. I think this is the best team we've had at Penn State since 2019-20. That team was very good. They were number eight in the country at one point, getting all the way up there. We're a lock for the NCAA tournament before the pandemic hit, and they canceled the NCAA tournament. But I think this team's right there. I don't think they're as good as that team, but they're really fun to watch. They shoot the three really well. They still play great defense. They have that gritty, not pretty mentality that Coach Shrewsbury loves to throw around. They really like to play that way, really good defensively. I mean, they're third in the nation right now in three-point makes per game at around just over 12 threes per game. Andrew Funk and Miles Dredd, a huge reason why they're shooting the ball really well through these first six games. They obviously have the one loss to Virginia Tech, and that's a game they lost by two. They were lucky to be in the game. They played really bad to start. They got down by 16 early, and they just fought their way back, never gave up, and had a chance on the last possession yeah. of the game to steal it, tie, or take the lead. Just unable to do so. Cam Winterball went out of bounds, and they turned it over on that last play. But they played really good. The biggest problem with this team, and why I'm a little concerned and going to the Big Ten play, they're really undersized. They got Caleb Dorsey, who started the first five games at center for the Nittany Lions at 6-7. They started Keba Jai against Colorado State, who's 6-10, the really talented freshman. I really like him. But I, he's just, you know, he's not a very big guy. You know, he's very lean, trying to trying to get into that weight to play the five. More of a natural four came in as a power forward. So they're trying to play him at that five position. We saw a lot of five guards. Evan Mahaffey, another freshman who's 6-6, played some center for them. Down in Charleston, Miles Dredd at 6-4 has played some center for them. So they're trying yeah. to work that around in the Big Ten. If anyone knows and you follow the Big Ten, it's the land of the Giants. You got Trace Jackson Davis, who's a great big, Hunter Dickinson, mm -hmm. Coleman Hawkins from Illinois has been really good this season. So there's a lot of great big Zach Eady 7 4. Yeah, throw, throw in Zach Eady there. Yeah. <laughs> Penn State's not going to have a matchup for that when they play in the Palestra on January 8th. So I have to figure out some things to do there. But that's kind of the biggest problem. And we're going to find out once you know this stretch comes. They have a huge three game stretch when they go to Clemson and then they start their little mini Big Ten slate when they host Michigan State and then travel to Illinois here in December right after the Lafayette game. We're going to learn a lot about this team because it's three really hard games in a row. ACC Big Ten Challenge at Clemson is not going to be easy against Michigan State. who's one of the hottest teams in the country. They have one of the toughest strength of schedules. They've been really good this season. Going to be a great test. Tom Izzo, obviously, they're going to be well coached for the Spartans, so Penn State's got to be ready. And then to Illinois, where they had a chance to win last year, and they had Kofi Coburn. They don't have Kofi Coburn anymore, so we'll see what Penn State can do there. There's just... A lot to like about this team. They shoot the three really well, and that keeps them in games and kind of negates that tough rebound, that kind of that tough size of disadvantage that mm -hmm. they have. But if they have that off shooting night, who knows? I think they're that team that when they shoot it well, they can beat anybody. If they struggle to shoot, they could be, you know, in a dogfight with just about anybody in the country. So I'm interested to see, you know, how this team handles that tough stretch once it's coming. Because in Big Ten play, there are no easy games. Adam Sheets is a Penn State men's basketball insider for Com Radio at Penn State University. Uh, joining me here on Locked On Nittany Lions, Adam, uh, this team, I think 
when they do face those kind of those big, those really big guys, I'm not talking just like, well, they have some athletic six foot nine, six foot 10 kind of guys. Um, but the Zach Eadies, the seven foot fours who will get every single rebound if they do shoot some bricks and don't have the kind of shooting games that they did to open up the season, especially teams that defend the three pointer uh, much better than what we've seen out of the gate from the likes of Loyola, Maryland and uh, a Winthrop. Uh, have you even though those two teams especially Winthrop in in you know the mid-majors that is a good mm-hmm. team Furman is a really good team like I think right now they're top 60 or at least around there in Ken Palm besides yeah. the point when they is it fair to say that they actually might have an advantage here when they play a Hunter Dickinson of Michigan or a Zach Eady of Purdue by just using all that speed in the backcourt to basically tire those guys out and I know they're going to need shooting but when they do need those twos, I think they'll be able to blaze right by any of those guys. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge reason. I think Coach Shrewsbury is going to find that out. Uh, Keba Jai is a very versatile player. I think he has the ability to pull he can run. Out. He can run as a big guy. Oh, he can definitely run. He's a great athlete. He hit a three, his first three in the blue and white against nice. Colorado State. So it was a great shot. Yeah, he didn't hesitate either. So he's willing to shoot him from out there. Caleb Dorsey has the ability to be very versatile, pull it out. And like you said, when they go small, those bigs are going to have trouble. And Coach Shrewsbury might have the ability to force other coaches like a Matt Payne or like a Jawan Howard to decide, do we leave the big out there? Because we're kind of getting torched by the ability of them pulling us out, making this a small ball game. Or do we try to just stick with it and then punish them defensively? I think it's huge for Coach Shrewsbury to find a zone defense where they don't have to match up and have those mismatches on the block with those big guys. But I think there's definitely some things that Penn State can do to counteract that lack of size. And I think you hit it with the speed they have at the guard position. Evan Mahaffey, they've been playing as a small ball center, is really athletic. Coach Shrewsbury really likes what he brings. He's a spark plug for this team, plays great defense. He's extremely long. He played point guard in high school school so he has a great ball handler willing to take the ball set up the offense and pull guys out and be able to drive by them he creates problems for a lot of big guys that they're going to face so there's a lot like you said that they can do to counteract the lack of size that they have and at this point in time adam uh, mid to late november here uh, around thanksgiving do you think this penn state team does in fact make the big dance or are you still kind of, it's still a wait and see here you're not as confident yet I want to say they can. I think they're talented enough to. Right now, Joe Lenardi, bracketologist, obviously does a lot of the bracketology for ESPN. He has them as the last four buys. So he has them in right now. They have a vote in the AP poll. They're doing a lot of great things. I think this is a team that kind of we said that has the ability to do it. It's going to be that lack of size. How do they counteract that? And I think the big thing is, like we said, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. Coach Shrewsbury has embraced the three and D mentality, shoot a lot of threes and play really tough defense. They're going to have to knock down shots. And if they don't, they're going to be in a lot of tough games. But if they're able to knock down those threes, they can beat about anybody in the country. So, I mean, it's going to be that. It's the great equalizer. Coach Shrewsbury said in one of his press conferences when asked, now, are you going to maybe sit back on the threes? You know, you don't just fire them all up. He said, nope, threes are more than two. So he, so he loves yeah. it. And um, so they're going to stick with it. I think they can make the NCAA tournament. I see them as an NCAA tournament team. 
The question is, can they win the games? Because it's all about what you put on your resume. I mean, you can look at Ken Palm. Penn State's had some teams that are really good in Ken Palm, but they were under 500, so you're not going to put them in. But, I mean, so it's going to be you got to win games. you got to get that resume up in the Big Ten. Every game's a resume-boosting game. There's really no bad losses. So they have that going for them. So they got to finish out this non-conference slate, get to conference play, and win some games. And if they do that and they're in that top half of the Big Ten, I think they're basically a lock for the NCAA tournament. Hey, Adam, before I let you go here, thank you so much for your time. Uh, go ahead and plug your socials again of how people can connect with you online. Yeah, at Sheets Adam on Twitter is probably the best way to find me for all that sports need. Obviously, Penn State men's basketball, the big one. And thanks, Zach, obviously, for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, it's, you know, this is, I guess this can count as a little bit of a Thanksgiving episode for when this is being posted. Uh, but Adam, what is your uh, Thanksgiving? What is your, uh, you know, your basket, your Thanksgiving uh, choice, your slam dunk, uh, if you will? Oh, my slam dunk for Thanksgiving. Oh, you're asking a lot of good questions now, aren't the you? Food, or maybe it's a it's a turkey bowl if you do something with your friends and family. So um, what's your go-to food, your go-to dish here? Oh, my go-to dish, I think it's got to be the mashed potatoes and gravy. I okay. think it's just so good. It's a classic. It's a staple. You can't go without it. That's, that's my go-to right there. You can never have too much mashed potatoes and gravy. My aunt, great job making it. All right. So there you go. Go to the Sheets family house if you want great mashed potatoes for your Thanksgiving. <laughs> hey, Adam, thanks so much again for your time. Oh, thanks for having me, Zach. A lot of fun. All right. Continue to stick with us here on Locked on Nittany Lions as we talk about everything Penn State football, men's basketball, wrestling, and so much more. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for everyone who has listened to the show, and uh, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. If you were watching on YouTube, thank you so much as well. Please hit the subscribe button. Also, hit the bell for notifications so that you can get alerted whenever a new episode is posted. Comment any feedback, any questions that you want answered in new episodes in the future. And as always, please leave a like every time you watch the video. Thanks so much.